This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Trader Nick and Ed Moyer in the United States. Uh, Nick, Ed, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for uh, having me on, Johnny. I'm good to be back, actually. Great to be on with you guys. Yes, and uh, quite a big day, really, with the latest CPI out earlier. Consumer prices in the United States rising by more than expected last month, mainly driven, apparently, by higher costs for rent and fuel. The inflation rate was 3.7% over the last uh, 12 months, up from 3.2% in July. Interesting to see market reaction to these numbers, Nick. I would have thought they'd be negative, but we're in positive territory at the moment. Any idea why? Well, you know, I think the inflation number here today uh, was definitely an interesting one. The expectations for markets have been pretty dang uh, optimistic in the last overall, you know, last three, four months. Uh, this number, however, showing some stubbornness in the the inflation department, and especially, you know, kind of concerning to see that core CPI staying stubborn, as you mentioned, uh, shelter, you know, things like that, that can be really, really uh, key to, to getting that inflation number really truly down, not just the headline stuff, which can, you know, be quite volatile with, uh, you know, food and gas prices. Uh, one thing that you mentioned there with the stock market today, um, I'm definitely going to to have to to see what Ed says about this too, because it's a it's a weird reaction. Now, if you were watching the charts when it first happened, when you first heard, uh, or when we first got the numbers rolling in, the dollar index shot to the upside. It was at first a reaction that I would say was somewhat warranted, right? You had. Uh, you know, CPI month over month staying unchanged. Uh, and of course, CPI year over year, that headline number that everyone looks at ticked higher. And so did core. So all of these things would, in you know my best judgment, would have offered a, a higher dollar on the day. But we saw the initial reaction do just that and then kind of gave it back and traded sideways to down on the dollar for the rest of the day while indices have uh, stayed strong. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it is one of those things. Uh, my, my, you know, speculation here is that it's perhaps kind of a, just a resilient, you know, in terms of the stock market side of things, some strength there just in terms of what what you know people are expecting from earnings, from companies. Uh, perhaps there's a little bit of that. But again, the initial reaction is is confusing, not just you know you and I, Johnny, but uh, lots uh, lots of people are at least from from various conversations I've been in today, it seems like a bit of a, a confusing move. So maybe Ed, you can you can give us a little clarity on on maybe offering some suggestion as to why the market kind of initially moved as you might expect it to and then reversed everything in the following hours. It was pretty clear that the algos, when, when the headline dropped, it was Supercore posting the biggest increase uh, since March. When you just take a look at all the expectations, uh, it, it just seemed that we got a little bit of heat there. And uh, um, that's obviously what helped yields spike higher. Did we go above the August highs? No, no. Did we see... Uh, you know, investors quickly dissect, okay, what was behind core? Well, when you take a look, rent, it, it's shelter prices is key. Um, and and uh, when we saw rents, they only had their smallest gain since December of 2021. Obviously, you know, rent did contribute to uh, some of the core gains, but I think there's uh, this belief that we have the you know the the peak for shelter prices is in place, so the disinflation process is still intact. Um, when you you know the 
core month over month headline reading, you know, 0.3. Uh, but you know, it's mainly due to rounding. So it, it, I think a lot of people then said, well, maybe wasn't, you know, as hot as, you know, initial, the, the initial glance was. Um, so, so I think when you, when you, you know, try to, you know, see exactly, well, you know, why are stocks doing what they're doing today? There's a lot of drivers for stocks. Um, number one, we're we continue to see Apple is, is dealing with these China concerns flagged now as a security problem with their iPhones. So, um, we're going to see what happens with that. Um, you have an AI meeting with the Senate. You have, you know, Zuckerberg, Musk, so many, you know, AI leaders, um, you know, the, the security must be insane <laughs> right now, uh, at Capitol Hill. But I, I think you're, you're probably going to see, you know, there's going to be, I think some guidelines that are get put in place for AI rules. But, uh, I think overall, this is a market that's saying, well, looks like the fed's almost done. The November rate meet rate hike uh, expectations kind of edged higher. You know, September was always a hold. It was never in doubt. There was, even if we had a much hotter inflation report, September was, was always a skip. Um, now the question is, you know, November, December, is that the last rate hike? Could there be a chance that surging energy prices, gasoline prices could complicate things? And, uh, um, could that lead to possibly more than one rate hike? Mm, unlikely, but it's it's still there. You never want to <laughs> lock yourself <laughs> into a, a position of one and done because I think you know for the Fed we we might have had a couple times this year where we said that. So so I think uh, this is a market that is seeing well you know the end of tightening is almost here. Did we get enough out of this inflation report to have any definitive stances? No, but I think in the end this is a stock market that's still riding the economic resilient story. Um, there are hints it's going to be uglier. You know, I think Deloitte came out with a holiday outlook. Uh, it's going to be one of the worst ones in many years. Um, so that should help with the disinflation process. So I think uh, stocks are uh, modestly higher, but, you know, this is this is not strong positioning. So we'll see what happens. And the dollar is obviously, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit mixed or flat. It was, the index is flat. The euro is slightly weaker commodity currencies slightly higher when i say slightly like one tenth of a percentage point so we're talking minimal moves here yeah and i think it just to, to add to that showing how strong you know the this stock market is you you pretty much had both sides of it you know the the headline as well as the core inflation uh showing you know some stubbornness and and yet like you mentioned stock market doing just fine on the day i mean it, it is quite a uh, a show and and i appreciate you going through that a little bit too just breaking it out into its components for for listeners who are um you know kind of trying to understand the inflation a little bit better of course inflation headline or core these are like baskets of different measurements kind of put together into a calculation and you can actually dig deeper and look into the the components so we're talking about shelter here and that that is of course referring to housing apartments rents like that those things um, of course inherently rising prices can be incredibly inflationary but you mentioned something there that I thought was really key is that that backdrop to shelter cooling off especially with you know elevated mortgage rates in the United States these sorts of things once you dig deeper into the report, I think that may be where where some of that uh, that backdrop that we had in the in the second half of the day could have come from. So uh, it's still an interesting number, uh, a weird kind of reaction, I would say, just just to see everything kind of uh, hotter than expected, and then yet 
you know, like you just said, stock market staying strong on the day and possibly just shows overall just the, the strength of stocks this year. So yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, it was very interesting. Oil has been explosive. And I, I want to ask also with, with oil too, right? It, it's, a, it's a nice kind of segue. When we talk inflation, uh, another one of those key categories is, is energy and, and you know, of course, food and shelter. You have all these different variables. Well, oil has been trading higher. There's been, uh, you know, I missed a, a pretty big week last week in terms of the oil market. So, uh, you know, this, this kind of latest move with all the supply stuff out of, you know, Saudi Arabia and Russia and, um, you know, the United States' recent movements. I'm sure you guys covered a little bit about that when I was gone. I think what's interesting is that, you know, that rise in oil prices, similar to what we saw in 2020, where, you know, supply line stuff caused oil to rise, and that was a huge driver to inflation. Do you think that this rise in oil prices, first of all, you know, Ed, you've been pretty overall optimistic for the price of oil uh, this year. Do you think that that has any impact on inflation reports going forward? And do you think it will be a, a, a concern again for the Federal Reserve? Or do you think it has less weight now that supply lines are kind of clearing out a little bit across the, across the globe? It all depends on how tight this market gets. And, and um, I think it's important to, uh, you know, take a step back and you know, so prior to uh, treat our next vacation. Uh, the expectation was for a global market supply deficit of just over a million barrels per day for the fourth quarter. Then Saudi Arabia and Russia you know, decided to, let's keep this market tighter. They extended their production levels or exports, and then the market was anticipating we're going to have a two million barrel per day deficit. And then we hear from OPEC, the OPEC monthly report, they're thinking it's 3.3 million barrels per day. So like right now, this, this is an oil market that is just looking very tight. Now, the demand outlook is going to weaken and soften. I think that's pretty clear. When you take a look at today's uh, EIA um, weekly oil inventory data, uh, we saw gasoline demand plunged by more than 1 million barrels per day. Um, we saw uh, other oil demands, though, were pretty, pretty robust, um, highest in a couple decades. Uh, but I think overall... Um, you know, this is an oil market that is is going to remain very tight. Um, we're getting countless reminders on how tight it is. The I, IEA's monthly report suggests, uh, you, know, you know, the Saudi cuts are, are, are really going to, to cement that belief. So um, what's that going to do for inflation? It's, it's going to keep, you know, higher energy prices eventually feeds through. So, like, you know, you could say, well, X energy, well... You know, energy prices really do inf influence everything. So you're you're going to see some, I think, uh, an reacceleration um, broadly. Um, and the question is, well, how much higher does energy prices go? So what, you know, I had hundred dollar oil. You know, yes, that'll draw a lot more attention. The Biden administration will jawbone a lot more. Hundred hundred ten dollars is where things get a little uh, dicey. Um, so uh, I, I think you know, are the risks of a hundred dollar oil there? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying that, so I'm still going to stick to that. I think for oil traders, this is a, a market that you're going to have difficulty to really um, bet against this bullish trend until we start to see, you know, significant progress with supplies from other parts of the world. Or, I mean, the, the the risk for Iran supplies to go uh, output to go up are there. Um, Non-OPEC production is is rising. Uh, this will take time, though. I mean, like U.S. output, um, as of you know today's report, um, I think um, rose pretty significantly. So 
Um, we're we're um, you know at twelve point nine million barrels per day for the U.S. and uh, I think um, you know th- this is still an oil market that's going to be tight. So any dips will likely be bought, but until we start to see significant concerns on the demand outlook, and right now that we're not there, so it looks like energy traders are are looking at a buy the dip mentality if there is a dip um, until we get to some uncomfortable technical levels, and and this will be draw some you know good questions. You know what does the Biden administration do? They you know, it seems like just a month ago they were talking about refilling that SPR. Are they going to have to, you know, drain it a little bit more before they have to refill it later? Or probably when we're seeing uh, prices be much closer to the $70 barrel per level. Yeah, that's fair. And, and you know, you made a, a point there too, Ed, that I, I kind of want to talk a little bit on before we move on to what's going on in the crypto world, which is, you know, oil is kind of in this stage of it's – trend here is, of course, on the chart visible, but also just the kind of the mention that you made, the the tight oil market. That story is one of those things where it's really hard to know, of course, where that story changes. And until it changes, it's kind of just, uh, I I would generally agree. I would think that, you know, any sell-offs, any dips in the price of oil, uh, there will likely be buyers who continue to support this market in terms of, you know, on the speculation side, but also on the supply side. So it's really interesting uh, just to, to watch that play out. And one of those things that when it comes to the podcast, when there's kind of an obvious uh, trend in the market, those personally for me are the ones that I really like to pay attention to the most. When there's like a lot of mixed sentiment where it's not so obvious, that's usually where I'm not so interested. But oil seems right now to be one of the more obvious things going on in the in the markets. And, and again, to your credit, you've been kind of pointing this out for, for some time here um, over the summer months. So I think uh, also another market that is interesting right now is Bitcoin traded just below briefly into uh, just just at the $25,000 mark. Uh, it, it actually hit that level and at the time of recording has recovered a little bit uh, from that level. But a, a pretty big milestone at the very least to see crypto trading down into that 25 handle. Um, you know, it was there briefly back in June and before that it hadn't been there since March. So uh, crypto, I know there's of course news on the ETF side. There's been some developments back and forth, some some debates going on. Uh, Ed, do you have anything for us on Bitcoin? What's your outlook on that? The outlook, and you know, there was a pretty big consensus that it was going to be range-bound until we got a U.S. Bitcoin ETF ruling. Once that got punted, the, the focus kind of uh, <laughs> shifted um, because there's there's been struggling uh, job growth for crypto companies in the U.S., are they going to go to Asia? Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, it seems that we just can't get away from the FTX story. And um, now the focus is, you know, uh, we're going to get rulings where they might have to offload, you know, roughly $3.4 billion in cryptos. And uh, that, you know, whenever you you, you have a major liquidation, um, could be telegraphed, uh, people are going to they're going to try to get ahead of that move. So uh, it's roughly half a billion dollars in Bitcoin. I think it's one billion in Solana. Uh, so there's there's a, a big focus on that because that's just one of those uh, key sell-off moments that uh, you know it could trigger momentum selling. Uh, so there's a lot of you know concern that you know what happens if that is how things play out, and the sales will be handled by Novogratz. So we'll see exactly how they go about it if if this is where the the cord rollings go. So Crypto is vulnerable right now, and uh, I think there's uh, there's concern here that you've seen a loss 
I think for, for a lot of people, you know, just given how attractive yields are, getting 5% um, risk-free it appears to be a safer um, consideration than, than, you know, diving into crypto. So once crypto, you know, gets past this moment and uh, if we start to see eventual progress with that ETF, that could trigger some momentum back. Um, but until then... Um, I think there's a lot of people that are saying, yes, I'm interested in the more interested in the ETF than the current crypto investments. And you are seeing some people liquidate their positions before that. So we'll see if the FTX story uh, and that p- potential major liquidation has a big impact. Um, but uh, no, it just seems that uh, there's a lot of nervousness right now in cryptos. And that's another really important point. I think when it when it comes to any sort of alternate investment, whether it be gold or uh, real estate or uh, crypto or anything like that, it is always worth paying attention to the yields and paying attention to the dollar's strength or lack thereof, because again, it is that opportunity cost. And with high yielding uh, you know, options out there right now, uh, it, that probably is another kind of headwind for the crypto story. Uh, but again, I, I think you know, if we do get any updates, any uh, push along the way with that ETF story, that could be very interesting to see what happens to crypto. So it's one of those things you mentioned, range-bound market, and for probably good reason until decisions come out. But uh, we will certainly probably talk about that uh, should we see any developments there. Excellent, guys. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. And we will speak to you again very soon. All the best. Thank you, Johnny. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.